The audio guide to the galaxy is recorded at SciTech on Wajak Noongar land. Good evening everybody and welcome to the Audio Guide to the Galaxy, the monthly podcast produced by SciTech where we take you through a guided tour of the night sky as seen from Perth. In this episode we'll be discussing what you can see in the night sky in the month of August. My name is Leon and I'm joined by Amanda, a professional presenter from the SciTech Planetarium. Amanda, thank you for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. We'll start where we always do and ask if I'm outside looking at the night sky, what can I expect to see in the month of August? What sort of planets are out there? Yeah, well, if you're interested in planets, I recommend going and checking out Mercury. So it's up uh, just after sunset, you'll be able to see it for an hour after sunset, low in the western horizon. Mercury in the west, okay, good. Exactly, and then just up and above, slightly to the right, you might also be able to see Mars, although Mars is a little bit dim at the moment, so don't despair if you can't see it. Okay, Mercury. Mercury and Mars. So will Mercury be the brighter one? Yes, and it'll be lower to the horizon. Oh, gotcha. Yep. Is Venus still up in the west? Venus is up in the west for another couple of days, but after this weekend it will have set. So Venus has set in the west. Uh, Yeah, so basically Venus is um, in between Earth and the sun at the moment, so it's going to be right next to the sun in our sky. So it'll be up during the day, but you won't be able to see it. Uh, But then in a couple of months, you will see it rising at sunrise as it passes the sun in our sky. Oh, gotcha. So it's like overtaking Earth as it moves around the sun. Exactly. And I see what you mean. If you want to look at Venus, you need to look in the direction of the sun, also known as daytime. Yeah, not a great time for (laughs) planet gazing. But yeah, in a couple of months when it's up in the morning, you'll be able to see it again. Ah, good to know. All right, so that's Mercury, Venus and Mars all there. That's nice. Uh, What about uh, the the two big ones? Uh, by that we mean Jupiter and Saturn, I assume? Yes, that's yeah. the one. So Saturn's at opposition at the moment, which means it's on the other side of the sky from the sun. So at about sunset, you can turn around and face east, uh, the exact opposite direction, and you'll be able to see Saturn rising in the eastern sky. And so oh, what it means at opposition is, like I said, it's on the other side of the sky. It also means that Saturn will be really bright in the sky because it'll be completely lit up. We'll see the entire daytime side of Saturn. So it is a good time Ah, to go spot it if you're interested. Excellent. So if you've got like a, a, well, you don't even need a telescope, but if you have one. Yeah. If you have one and you see something quite bright on the eastern horizon just after sunset, whip it out. You might be able to get a closer look at Saturn. And if you feel like staying up a while, you might even get to see Jupiter rising at about midnight. At about midnight. Okay. So, yeah, Jupiter's been like that for a while. You need to be up either very early or very late to see it. But uh, definitely going to check out Saturn. And I guess it makes sense, opposition being it's opposite the sun in the sky. So that's a – is that like a, a generic word to describe whenever a planet is opposite the sun in the sky? Is that what we call opposition? Yep. That's opposition. Good. Good to know. So th- those are the planets that we can see. Uh, what else is happening in the month of August? Uh, well, this month you will get to see not one but two full moons. So as of recording this, we have missed the first full moon. That was on the 2nd of August. Yes. But don't worry because there's a second full moon on the 31st of August, which we call a blue moon. So a Blue moon. Yes. Okay. It doesn't look blue. Nothing about the moon is different. It's just the fact that it is the second full moon occurring in a calendar month. Right. Oh, okay. So on the 2nd of August and the 31st of August. Exactly. Yeah. But these full moons are special for another reason. The moon is currently at the closest point it gets to Earth in its orbit called perigee. So we have a super moon, which means it looks a little bit bigger in the night sky and a little bit brighter. So if you've noticed it looking a bit bigger and brighter, you're correct. And if you haven't, 
don't worry, it's not that much bigger or brighter. Gotcha. Yeah, I have heard about this this phrase, supermoon. So it's just because the moon is full while it's at its closest distance to Earth. Is that right? Exactly. Yeah, okay. Uh, going back to the blue moon, is that where the saying once in a blue moon comes from? Exactly. It's not exactly a common occurrence because the moon is full every 28 days yeah. and a month lasts about 30 or 31. So typically you only get one in a month. So Right. Okay. And when you get two, it, it's very uncommon. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. I can see where that uh, etymology has come from. All right. So that's the, the moon, the natural satellite of the earth. Uh, what about an artificial satellite? Can we see the International Space Station? Are there any predictions of when we'll see it from Earth? Yeah, definitely. So if you're a bit of an early bird and feel like getting up before 6 o'clock in the morning, then on the 9th of August at specifically 5.53am, you will see the International Space Station pass over the sky. So it'll move slowly from west-southwest to north-northeast. However, if you don't feel like getting up, you could try... That's not going to be me. (laughs) No? Well, then you could try the 16th of August at 6.25pm, so you'll see it move from northwest to southeast across the sky. But if neither of these dates work for you, that's okay. You can go to the Spot the Station website to check when you're going to be able to have an opportunity to spot the ISS up there. Ah, good to know. So the 9th or the 16th or just ask the internet. Exactly. (laughs) Yep, good to know. Uh, And what about any interesting stars or constellations? What's up and uh, interesting in the sky this month? Yeah, well, Scorpius is always a good constellation to try to spot up there. Yes, head of Scorpius. Exactly. Famously looks like a scorpion. So if you look up in the sky, you'll be able to see the curling tail of the scorpion. That's always a good way to spot it. Mm -hmm. You can also try and look for the heart of the scorpion, Antares, which might even look quite red if you have a good enough view of the night sky. Oh, so a red star, you're saying? Exactly. Now, Antares actually means not Mars because the orbit of Mars takes it right past Antares and at times people used to get the two confused so they call this one Antares means not Mars not Mars (laughs) that's pretty funny (laughs) oh you're so right so Mars right now is on the horizon but you're saying like the western horizon at sunset Mm -hmm. but as it moves through around the sun as it moves through the sky it sometimes gets close to Antares yeah exactly so the planets do move through the sky and Mars's path will take it past Antares oh I see and you could easily get confused so yeah that's Mars and that's not Mars (laughs) exactly (laughs) that's that's pretty funny Uh, Am I remembering correctly that the Scorpius star pattern is the same star pattern they talk about in the Moana movie? Yeah, exactly. So if you've seen Moana or you're just familiar with Hawaiian legends, you might have heard of Maui's hook. Yeah, Maui's hook. Oh, yes. It's sort of looking at Scorpius the other way around and it views the scorpion tail as the hook. Oh, okay. Yeah, you're right. I see what you mean. So it's the same stars, just different cultures seeing different patterns. Yeah, exactly. Typically, we use the Greco-Roman stories, and that's typically what we see represented up there. But yeah, different cultures around the world will have different stories of what they see. Great. All right. I know what I'm looking for. Any Any other exciting constellations while we're at it? Oh, yeah. Well, Sagittarius is up there. So Sagittarius is a centaur in the night sky. But if you look at the heart of Sagittarius, you might also be able to spot a teapot. A teapot, a yeah. pattern of stars like shaped like a teapot. Yeah, definitely trust me on this one. Or you can look it up online, go to Google and type in the teapot in Sagittarius. Right. You will be able to spot it. And it is worth going out and trying to find the teapot because the spout of the teapot actually points you right to the centre of our galaxy. Oh, really? Yeah, and so especially in Perth, you're not actually going to be able to see anything there, but you can use that T-point to be able to point out to your family and go, oh, I know that's where Sagittarius A-star, the black hole at the centre of our galaxy, is. (laughs) 
So the black hole, and so that's just a coincidence. The, the the teapot pattern of stars is there, and it points to the centre of the galaxy. Yeah, okay, it's no divine <laughs> no, but <laughs> constellation, but we do funny. draw a picture there, and it does happen to point to the. We're, we're retrofitting the the story to it, um, and so it points to the the black hole at the centre of the galaxy. Mm-hmm. You could say it was called Sagittarius. What? Sagittarius A star. So the way we label things in the night sky is by using the constellations. That's why we have a set of standardised constellations. And the most interesting thing in the constellation of Sagittarius is the black hole. Okay. And does... This, the little star we say at the end, Sagittarius A star, has got nothing to do with it being – it's not a star. No, it just has that little star symbol you oh, see it's in your keyboard. Oh, it's an asterisk. Right. Gotcha, sorry. Um, uh, so even though we can't even see it from – especially from Perth with just our naked eye, how do we know that there's even a, a black hole in the centre of the Milky Way galaxy at that position? Yeah, so it's a good question. Uh, physicists did predict that there could be a black hole at the centre of our galaxy as early as the 1950s. However, we were only able to gather indirect evidence for its existence. Mm. Um, going back to the last 10, 15 years, we became more confident. And this was mostly done through observing the orbits of the stars in this area. We could see that they were orbiting something incredibly, incredibly massive, but still fairly small for how massive it must be. Oh, right. So we, we looked at the stars near the centre of the galaxy and they sort of gave it away. Yeah, exactly. So we could make predictions based on all this evidence that, yes, it, it's probably a black hole there, but we didn't have direct evidence of it until 2022. So only last year did we actually finally manage to photograph the black hole wow. at the centre of our galaxy. So that was with the Event Horizon Telescope. You might have heard of that one. I did hear about it briefly, yeah. Yeah, so they, were, they managed to use basically a bunch of radio telescopes all around the world and they link them up to create a virtual telescope that's basically the size of the entire earth and so this finally had enough resolving power to be able to detect the black hole um, at the center of our galaxy and we got a photo of it for the first time. Wow Uh, that's really uh, interesting so you you spoke about how it sort of theorized since the 1950s and then over the last sort of 20-30 years there was sort of this extra it's still indirect evidence, but quite strong evidence of these, like the orbits around the this very small object in the centre of the galaxy. And now, literally, only last year did we get an image of it. Yeah, exactly. That's that's <laughs> fantastic. Well, I guess that's the that's the story of progress. That's uh, that's how science works. I like that. So now we know for certain, beyond any shadow of a doubt, that uh, that there's a black hole there. Yes. Well, as confident as you can be with photographic evidence, I don't know what more we could provide there. <laughs> Pixar didn't happen. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let's leave Earth behind for a bit. Is there any other interesting big news in the big wide world of space? Uh, yeah, in terms of space news, there was the launch of Chandrayaan 3. So this Chandrayaan was, 3. Yes. Uh, it was launched by the Indian Space Research Organization, which is basically India's version of NASA. Yep. So they launched uh, this mission on July 14th, and it's actually a moon mission. So they're sending up this spacecraft on the way to the moon right now. And on board is the Vikram lander and the Pragyan rover. The Vikram lander and Pragyan rover exactly. on the way to the moon. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the name suggests it's probably going to land, but <laughs> would you tell us in a bit more detail? What what, what's the mission going to do? Yeah, well, first of all, it actually has to come into orbit around the moon. So it'll do that right. on about the 6th of August. Oh, sorry. Okay, it's on its way to the moon right now, but it's not there yet. Yeah, so it's on its way. It'll get into moon orbit and then the orbiter stays up in orbit around the moon and then on the 23rd of August the Vikram lander will touch down on the moon containing the Pragyan rover. Oh gotcha okay and so is it the Pragyan rover 
intended to drive around on the surface, is that right? Yeah, exactly. It'll drive around, study some moon rocks, look at the plasma out there, see what's happening on the moon. Okay, so yeah, studying the moon to learn more about it, and mm-hmm. and that's happening on August twenty three. They're trying. That's pretty cool. Like moon landings are exceptionally rare. Obviously, we haven't sent people there for um, fifty one years, but even robotic landings. That's that's really exciting. On the twenty third of August, I'm I know I'm going to be looking forward to that. Well, that seems like a great place to end. Thank you so much for being here, Amanda. It's been a real pleasure. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode of SciTech's Audio Guide to the Galaxy. We'll see you next month where we talk about the night sky in September. If you'd like to know more about what we've been talking about today, you can find more by going to the SciTech website and there you'll find a link for a page called The Sky Tonight, which is a monthly blog written by us here at SciTech about all the wonderful things you can see in the night sky.